And now you're tuning in to the Women Unplugged podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode three. Turn on or off. I want my own place. We also have a special guest today by the name of T. Andra Myers. She is a real estate agent and is going to give us some information on how to get that home buying process started. So make sure you guys tune in and plug in and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Women Unplugged underscore. Lavina, what's the news? Okay, so did you ladies know that April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month? No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. No. Yes, I thought it was really important to bring up because you ladies know we just had the conversation last month in March. Mm. about our women and giving props to all of our women for International Women's Day and everything that was going on in March. So now we have progressed to the fourth month in our year as we also continue to be in quarantine. And referencing our first episode, you guys know that I myself am actually a survivor of sexual assault. Mm. But in the conversation... Mm we kind of merge everything together. So people consider sexual assault as sexual assault, sexual abuse, and sexual harassment, which are three different things. Did you know that? Yeah. But we blend the conversations. And I Mm -hmm. thought that it was really important to kind of highlight. So sexual assault is actually the act of somebody forcing themselves without consent into a sexual action with another person. Wow. Okay. Sexual abuse is actually when it's repetitive. So it's like a cycle. Mm -hmm. So if person X, um, somebody would typically say molestation is sexual abuse because it happens in a cycle. Person X does something with person Y every Tuesday. And this is now a cycle, which makes it sexual abuse. And then sexual harassment is more verbal okay or it is the promise of doing something for somebody as with a sexual reward so if you were at Mm -hmm. work sexual harassment would be your boss saying oh hey if you stay late and you stay late and do a project and they ask you to do something else and them asking you to do this extra they're also saying to do this sexual favor for them Mm -hmm. um, in exchange all without consent which is why I feel like we kind of merge the conversations together and I I think with it when we start talking about sexual assault the other thing that makes it taboo is that we don't really talk about men that much like even (laughs) with the me too movement there's not very many men like there's a few but I don't feel like we talk about it. And even like the statistics is like one in every 71 men um, will be or already have been raped mm-hmm. by 10 years old or younger. I I really have to touch bases on this because the female, the female friends that I have, they're, they're kind of open. I'm not going to say open, but they're more like you, Lavina. Well, they'll kind of admit that something has happened to them or, you know, something has transpired before in their lifetime where my guy friends, it takes a while for them to really open up to say that. And I don't feel like that would be something that 
they would tell, you know, most people or that most people would know. So yeah. um, it's, it's a difference. And I do feel like it is something that we do need to definitely start paying more closer attention to when it comes to the black boys, because they're going through it yeah. as much as in maybe not even more so than the girls are, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I was doing some research. So if anybody wants any like resources on statistics, um, nsvrc.org is a huge, um, platform where they give you a lot of statistics specifically on like sexual assault, abuse and harassment. And like a quarter of men, which is about 27.8%. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Not have mm-hmm. the conversation at all. And mm-hmm. like black, brown, white, purple, I think we first have to stop being afraid to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I had told you guys previously as well, me talking to my mom and my mom also being a survivor of it. Oh, it makes a world of a difference. Mm-hmm. Like just mm-hmm. being able to ask a question and I was researching and there was these three things out of like 15 um, of tips to help you protect yourself and others. Um, when dealing with sexual assault or sexual abuse, harassment, etc., And one of them was be prepared, mm. which to me just means having the conversation and not being afraid to ask. Another one was don't be afraid to ask questions. Like if you see something, say something. Right. We know is a quote in general in life, but I feel like we kind of let that go. And yeah. for me specifically, like if I'm paying attention um, like having my children in preschool, I'm the person who I'm like checking, like I'm looking in diapers. I'm lo- like, I'm just making sure that I'm always aware and always prepared to ask questions mm-hmm. and also just trusting your instincts. If you think that something is happening, bring it up. Cause there's nothing mm-hmm. worse than thinking something is happening, never asking. And then later on finding out, Oh dang, that really did that really did happen or that really did take place. And that's just three things, but I, I really just want to get rid of the stigma of not talking about it at all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, what you said, Candy, women are more open about it now yep. with our grandmothers and their mothers. Unfortunately, and this is based on my own experience in that time, it was more like, oh, don't lie. Oh, don't say that. Oh, that's going to hurt the family. That's going to mm-hmm. mess up the family. Oh, this is going to break up relationships. It was looked mm-hmm. down upon pretty much. Yes. It, yeah. And something with particularly Black men, there's this stigma that they carry where they're always defending their masculinity. Mm-hmm. Like even, you know, the cultural, you know, oh, pause or no homo. You know what I mean? Like even something as simple as just giving another man a compliment. So to open up about something like that and, you know, to not know what the feedback would be, whether it's, oh, as, you know, thinking in terms of masculinity, oh, you couldn't protect yourself or you couldn't right. defend yourself. Like even right. what happened with um, Terry Crews. Or yeah. even, um, oh, well, it happened for you. You know, you know, you should be happy. You know, it was a, you know, it was a woman, right. you, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, um, Horrible Bosses, where yeah. Um, Jennifer Aniston, yeah, and Jennifer Aniston's character was sexually harassing her um, dental assistant. Yes. And it was like, 
that doesn't sound like a bad situation, you know, but he was literally being tormented by this woman. Right. Like it was a comedy, but it's like, you know, it did shed light where it's like, even if a man does say something, it might be like, for real, are we real? You know what I mean? So, yeah. And that's the thing. People don't think that that is. And so you said harassment and that goes back to why I wanted to clarify, because technically as soon as by way of the movie, as soon as she grabbed him, it's assault. Right. And then we could even go as far as saying technically it's abuse because every time he went to work, even though it may have not been three consecutive days, there was a moment where she was like grabbing him or touching on him. or So if you're watching this and you are also a survivor or you know someone who is or has experienced this, um, the hopeline.com is definitely a great resource for you to just get some tips, some other information on help. Um, but also the most important thing is having a support system. And for some people, um, it's not your family. And for some mm -hmm. people, it is. Um, mm -hmm. But have a support system and don't be afraid to have the conversation. Because if you are, that's how we are continuing the cycle. We're continuing the cycle by doing that. Yeah. I really wanted to talk, touch bases lastly on Robert Kelly. Because he was sexually abused by his sister, which was yes. his family. Mm -hmm. Him and his brother, his mom was always working. So this was a case where he couldn't go to family necessarily to express his concern. And he did repeat that cycle. And he has affected mm -hmm. so many young girls who yeah. are going to necess not necessarily repeat that cycle, but have, you know, negative relationship traits that they have to work through because of what he put them through. But it's ultimately just a domino effect. What if he wouldn't have went through that treatment? Yep. What if he would have got the help he needed? What if he would have had the support base? So we do have to, and he's a, he's a talented guy. We all know, you oh know my gosh. R. Kelly's music. So it yeah, goes to show you it doesn't have anything to do. The, the person can still be talented. A person can still be successful. A person can still have a whole life and have issues from that experience or from those experiences that will ultimately cause a domino effect that will lead to affecting other people. So we do have to take um, our boys as seriously their mental health and their sexual health just as seriously as our girls. Very, very much so. Every single time. And I love what you said, Candy, about mental health, because I feel like that is a point in someone's life where it's just like a switch flips. Mm -hmm. And you almost kind of stay this child. And I know, like, for myself, like, you kind of stay in that moment for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to therapy. I have done so many things. And you stay in that mindset of a child and in that moment where you were, and then you're applying that to your adult life, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and it's not on purpose and it's not intentional, but it does happen. So, um, again, there's so many resources. Shoot. If you're watching this or listening and you're plugged in with us, shoot us an email. We'll give you resources. Um, send a direct message. We are considering ourselves, Women Unplugged, a tribe for yep. women and men. So you can truly let your guard down. And if you need help, we're here. So thank you guys so much. 
All right. So I need all of our plugs out there listening to help us give a fabulous welcome to our new guest. She's a Howard U alumni and wealth building realtor licensed here in Atlanta as well as Florida and Maryland. Let's welcome Ms. Tiandra Myers. Thank you. Hi, ladies. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here with us. So tell us about yourself. Okay, so um, I'm from Tampa, Florida, originally. Um, as you mentioned, I graduated from Howard University. So I basically left Tampa or Florida in general at 18, and I have not moved back. Um, until recently, I decided to get licensed down there so that I can help people, mostly millennials, start to get homes because a lot of people my age now are starting to buy homes and stuff, and they always reach out to me because they see me on Instagram selling here in Georgia and when I was in Maryland. So I'm like, why not get licensed there? Um, but to rewind a little bit, my background is in communications. That is what my degree is in specifically broadcast communications. So I'm a broadcast journalist by, you know, according to my degree. And I, um, my minor was in sports management. So I wanted to do sports journalism, basically be like one of those sideline reporters. And that just didn't work out for me because I eventually decided that it just wasn't for me. Um, so, yeah, and then I got introduced to real estate my senior year in college because I interned at a community development corporation. And if you know anything about real estate, um, community development is kind of a part of it. Basically what they did was purchase land and buildings to make affordable housing in DC. So it was really cool um, just getting into that. And that's what introduced me into it about five years ago. And then a couple of years later, I decided to get licensed and then here I am now. Wow, that's amazing. So, particularly as millennials, what should we focus more on between saving, investing, or buying or renting? Honestly, I can't give uh, just a straight answer to say, you know, this or that, because when it comes to real estate and investing and doing anything with your money, it just depends on your particular situation. So, of course, I would say buy instead of renting. But there are some people out there who renting is just more realistic for them at the time. So I really can't say. Um, of course, I would say focus on savings before you invest, because if you don't have anything saved, then you can't really invest. Um, so, yeah, I can't really say, you know, either or for that, because it really just depends on the person's situation. Like it would involve a consultation and going through all of that to see what, they're, what they can do. Right. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because people message me all the time asking me questions and I don't want to be one of those people who are like, send me an email or book me and all of that. So I always like to answer whenever I can, um, whether somebody texts me or message me on Instagram or Facebook, but it always turns into you just need to do a consultation because it just doesn't, there's no one answer for everyone. So... With everything going on and social distancing and majority of us being, you know, in self-quarantine at home, how would you say the quarantine has affected you as a realtor? I honestly don't even see a big difference coming for me as a realtor, only because a lot of what I do is already kind of virtual. There's not a lot that I have to do um, 
you know, in front of people. I will say it did kind of slow down my lead generation a little bit because I do get a lot of my clients by just going out. Like I met one of my very first clients at a nail salon. So that did change a little bit. But as far as how I conduct business on a daily, not so much. Because, for example, um, like I've noticed a lot of people saying, oh, we're doing virtual virtual consultations down all that. Well, I was already doing that. Um, my consultation is over the phone. So that didn't really change anything for me. Um, the only other thing that it would change is, like, when I go to show the house, now some clients who don't want to leave their home, I'll show them on FaceTime. But that's also not a big difference because... I kind of specialize in relocation and those people aren't here anyway. So I have to FaceTime them. So I haven't really seen any huge impact in my business personally, but there are some big changes that I've noticed, you know, that probably affects other people in the business. What keeps you motivated? What keeps me motivated is pretty much my why, like why do I even work in real estate? And the answer to that is, um, I just feel fulfilled when I help other people pretty much like whether it's selling or buying or even investors, I just feel like proud to be a part of that person's goal because whoever it is, they did set that goal to purchase that property or set that goal to sell their property and make X amount of money in their equity. And I'm always proud to be a part of that for them. I love that. I just recently purchased my first home um, in July of last year. The process was strenuous, but I mean, I guess like the, what I will say is the more knowledge you have and, you know, the more people that people talk to, such as yourself up front, you know, experts, then the easier the process is. Congratulations, yes. girl, on buying your first home. That is so exciting. Um, And I did want to mention, too, that a lot of people, especially realtors, are going to say, like, oh, your process is going to be easy breezy with me. To be honest, it's not easy breezy for anybody. Like, there's always, always, always some type of bump in the road. Yeah, there's always going to be some type of bump in the road. And some of them are smaller, so you can kind of consider it like, okay, that was an easy closing. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be something that comes up. Um, And I also wanted to touch on you just said that the more knowledge people have, that is so true. Because some people, there's so many people who are walking around thinking that they cannot purchase and they can. And that's simply because they don't have the knowledge. Um, and another thing too, even people who are a little more savvy, um, and just want to, you know, speak with people like myself and get a little more insight, even those people, it's like, you can talk to a million different realtors, a million different lenders, but like I kind of mentioned before, nobody's situation is the same. Um, even with us being in the business, if you get certain advice from me and then you end up going to work with another realtor, Stuff that I told you might not even be the case with them because everybody has different practices and things of that nature. So I just really want everybody to know that nobody's um, closing or process is ever going to be the same. So please stop listening to everyone, your sister, cousin, aunt, best friend, (laughs) how their situation went, because it is not going to be the same for you. Yours may be better. Yours might be worse. Yours could be, you know, similar, but it's never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I don't know why, but it seems like in our communities, you know, black and brown communities, families don't even have conversations about home ownership. Like, Tiandra, 
Did your mom talk to you about owning a home or any sort of ownership when you were getting started? Um, not necessarily. My mom is one of those lead by example type people. So, um, I did witness her purchasing a home and getting our home built from the ground. And even at a young age, um, I don't even know why, because I didn't really know anything about real estate, had no intentions or anything in going into real estate at that time. But seeing her and knowing that our house was getting built from the ground up, that just made me super proud, like something to brag about. So, yeah. um, to answer your question, though, no, she didn't necessarily, like, sit me down and say, you know, hey, you need to purchase a home, and this is how you do this. But she's one of those lead-by-example people, so I did, you know, see that, and it did have an impact on me. Yeah, but I do, to um, touch on what you said about the families, um, I do feel like more families should, you know, talk about ownership and just building wealth in general, because another thing mm-hmm. a lot of people really look at in regards to purchasing a home is it's essentially just an investment because you are building um, equity, basically building your wealth through simply just Mm -hmm. paying your mortgage every month. And a lot of people don't really look at it like that. They're looking at it almost like they're renting, like, okay, I'm paying my rent every month, kind of. Even though they're owning this property, they're just so stuck in that mindset of, you know, paying a bill every month not even realizing that this is an asset. Exactly. It's an asset and it's adding value to you. So we do have to start paying attention to those, you know, those economic or financial decisions where we may have to be the first, first homeowner, um, whether we have that example or not, or whether we get that talk or not, but just, you know, getting that knowledge base where we do understand um, money more, we do understand wealth more, and the difference between income and wealth, I feel like it's really big. So, um, yeah, I know I came from New York. So a majority of people um, where I'm from, we rent our whole lives. My mom rented her whole life. My grandmother rented her whole life. She owned property in Pocono. But I, um, I guess I have to say the same. My mom didn't necessarily, necessarily sit down with me and have a one-on-one talk, but she did. Um, you know, lead by example. Her and my dad did lead by example. Then I see my brothers get their first house. So I was like, okay, I know it's attainable, but I had to go seek that knowledge on my own. So um, you do have to just, you know, put all, everything people tell you aside sometimes. Well, not even sometimes. If you know you have a goal or you want something, then I feel like with the internet and the resources out here, go seek for it and make sure you talk to the people who are knowledgeable um, about it and you can be a homeowner. Don't knock yourself or just look at it like she said, like your rent as a your mortgage as a rent payment. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah. And um to touch on like you said some people rent their whole lives. It was very mm-hmm. eye opening to me to find out that some of the elders in my hometown, like um, like some of my friends, great grandmothers and stuff, they started passing away and stuff like that. And we found out that those people were renting those homes for literally over, because before I was even born, they had to be renting for about 30 years. And I was wow. like, wow, that is crazy. But then on the flip side of that, we have when some of those people pass away and you touch back on the generational wealth, their homes, you know, go to their grandchildren or their children or whoever. And those people still don't really know what to do because mm-hmm. they never had that talk. Like um, mm-hmm. to rewind a little bit, when I was in D.C. and I first, first 
started touching into real estate, well, you know, after the community development side, when I started to get into real estate, I was working with someone who um, targeted people who were going through probate court. Are y'all familiar with probate court? No. So probate court is when someone passes away, um, their estate or their family basically has to go through probate court to pretty much, uh, I guess, claim their belongings, you can say. And if the person did not have a will, then that's when it you know, can be a back and forth thing. Uh, but if the person did have a will, then they pretty much just go by what the will says. But in regards mm-hmm. to real estate, people who are going through probate court, let's say you inherited a couple properties from your parents or something like that. You go to probate mm-hmm. court to pretty much, you know, get everything settled, have a property into your name now because you actually own it and all that stuff. Well, there are people who specifically target people who are going through probate court. So what they do wow. is they go to those people and say, because a lot of times if the person is elderly, they probably have a really old house. Sometimes they didn't even take care of the house. So I'm pretty sure you see where I'm getting at. These are people who are mm-hmm. trying to flip these houses and stuff. So they target these people who are going through probate court. Um, you're walking out the courtroom and somebody's right there like, hey, sorry for your loss. I know you have this property. I can give you, you know, 100000 cash for this house or whatever. Yes. And they're about to go get the house and resell it for 300 or something like that. So right. that all goes back to nobody ever had that conversation because it's like, yeah, the grandparents or whoever passed this down and there's that generational wealth, but if you don't know what to do with it, then you're still lost. Um, but people definitely need to start having those conversations. Okay, how can we reach you? But you can check out my new website, www.teandramyers.com. That's T-E-A-N-D-R-A-M-Y-E-R-S. Um, and then I'm Tiandra Myers on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, yeah. And all of my information is on all three of those platforms that I just mentioned. But my website is going to be the best um, if you are trying to reach me in regards to purchasing a home or selling or investing or anything like that. Um, and I just got a new website. So it's very, very, very comprehensive. You can go on there, save searches, everything similar to, um, you know, other home search sites. The big difference, though, is you do not have to worry about your information being sold to anyone for a million people to start calling you, asking you about whatever you just clicked on. So, yeah, definitely check out my website. That's the best way to reach me. I love that. Thank you so much, Tian, for your time. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for having me. Okay, ladies, so it's time to get a little spicy. All day. A guy or a partner that has, like, a nice combo to match the package. So the package for me is, like, you know, like, the body, the physique, his, you know, demeanor, and, of course, like, the actual package. Okay, copy. But that's really, like, you know, one of my one of my big turn-ons. If I can, you know, really have, like, a really good, like, stimulating intellectual conversation with someone, someone of a sapiosexual here, and they can, like, you know, get me turned on mentally a little bit, and then they have, like, a really nice body or whatever. Oh, my gosh, you know, just <laughs> get to be a little... 
<laughs> okay, so what about you guys? Jesus. So I'm <laughs> I wanna put my business out out, but why not? So I'm actually celibate right now. Okay. So I've kind Woo! of, you know, you know girl, <laughs> kind yeah. of, you know, going through a chapter of healing, taking this time to really just figure things out and figure out what it is that I truly do want in a partner. But I do like when a guy doesn't try too hard, you know, when it's just real effortless. Cause you know, when they just say something stupid and it's like, bruh, you ruined this entire moment. You killed the whole vibe. You could have just shut up. And you know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, um, a guy that doesn't try too hard, um, and doesn't, speaking of packages, candy, a guy that does not lie on his package as if you're not going to see it. Okay. So yeah, I don't want to get too... (laughs) But there was this one time, this fool was like, do you mind if I use a Magnum? And I was like, oh, what? And then it was like, you got, what? (laughs) Like, are you dumb? Like, did you not think I wouldn't notice? Like, I could have had a V8, but it's okay. Live and learn, you know? (laughs) I think the biggest turn on for me is somebody just taking it slow. In general, like a partner just like taking it slow. Um, personally, I'm not the largest fan of foreplay. That's me. I just like to, you know, get down to business. But mm-hmm. in general, I think just taking it slow and being able to get each other there is like the biggest turn on for me. Like there isn't a rush. Um, I'm also not trying to be here for three hours. but (laughs) um just taking it slow and and getting there and I think that starts like to what you said Candy with conversation um I definitely feel like being turned on is completely mental especially for women you're in a relationship you want to be on the same page we don't have to like every single thing we don't have to have every single thing in common but with you telling me what I want to hear or you just not being transparent about how you really feel about something, whether it's something you really do like or you really don't like or you really want or you really don't, it prevents us from being honest and on the same page. Women, we do it. Guys do it. We all do it where, you know, we may tell the person that we care about or we love or have feelings for, you know, what they want to hear. We don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever the case may be, but I'm with the honesty, especially when you're trying to build that relationship. I'd yeah. rather hurt your feelings a little bit now than to, like, eventually, like, really hit, like, a larger brick wall eventually because it's, like, now it's low-key deceptive because we kind of already talked about it and it we weren't transparent about it when we had the opportunity to be. Right? Right. Yeah. So. Which I feel like you get in a lot of new relationships because people are, you know, you're trying to figure it out. And of course you want to present in new relationships, you're trying to present the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. But you want to be received a certain way. And I feel like that is where y'all know how I'm about self-reflection. What you doing? So knowing yourself And being okay with the person that you could potentially be entering into a relationship with not liking those traits about you. And then if it's not going to work, it's not going to work and letting it be. Cause even to me, prior to me being married, I 
dated a lot of people or was in relationships where I was like, okay, I got to present myself, you know, this way. And then it makes everything in the relationship less enjoyable. So what we're talking about being turned on is much harder because you haven't been real about what you like or what you want because you didn't, you weren't comfortable with it with yourself. If this is what you like, then just say that's what you like. And if they're like, oh no, I'm not with that. Okay, well then I gotta go. Like it's time to bounce. But... And it does tie into intimacy, too, where it's like you already have these mental boundaries and barriers that your partner doesn't even know about. So it's like, is everything okay? Are we good? And, you know, it just kind of leads into more lies. So, yeah, a tangled web of shenanigans. Tangled web of BS. So the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to turn on and turn off is when we're actually out, you know, like dates. So... Like, I have been out on a lot of dates, yes. But I've also encountered um, guys through, like, dating online who don't want to take out a female on a date. For me, it's a turnoff, okay? Yeah. Big, big, big turnoff for you to think that we're going to Netflix and chill. Our first date. It's nothing wrong with Netflixing and chilling. Right. Mm-hmm. Not wrong with it. It's nothing wrong with me just coming over your house, um, you know, getting a drink or doing a hookah, watching a movie, playing some card, whatever. It's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is I don't want that to really be that our first date. Like I they lacked first impression, um, which goes on to my turn on of a first date. I want you to 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 I don't I don't want you to, to be someone you're not. First off, right. But I can appreciate a guy who puts an effort to impress on his first impression, right? So, like most women, when we go out on a date, especially first time, we do. Even if we don't, eventually, you know, we're going to put in effort. So the least you can do is reciprocate that by looking decent as well. And it's a big turnoff if you feel like you just want to lounge around with no shirt on, with your hair nappy in your crib, on your couch, and invite me over there while I'm looking good, and I could be downtown somewhere being taken out, I can go take myself out. Look. Be at home. Speak. Okay? And and lounge. Alone. And you're lonesome. Uh, and I don't want that. <laughs> I think it's about the effort. Like, it's the <laughs> amount of effort. So, like, for me, my husband, my husband, our first date, he actually cooked for me. Oh. So it was like a first date, but it was at his house. But he like cooked. He did like a full like appetizer meal and he got like my favorite dessert. And we just had, you know, mm-hmm. wine and conversation. And it was so much effort put in. I was like, take me out. Mm-hmm. Show me off. I'm trying to be cute. But um, it was so much effort put in. And I was like, okay, okay. And thank God, because the other thing too is sometimes people be false advertising. So you go all out this lavish, you know, first date again, trying to present your best self. And now, you know, of course, especially all of us on on this line, uh, we set an expectation. So now I have a standard for what I think you're about to do. And if you don't do it again, like now I got problems. I got issues. We have trepidation. There's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I need this to be continuous and consecutive. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like with dating now, it's 
it's easier for men to be a little more lazy. I don't, because it's like, there's more entitlement nowadays, if that makes sense. Like with social media, it's like, oh, I have all of this, you know, because as you mentioned, like women were creatures of hearing, men are creatures of sight. So having all these in their head, you know, different, um, not assets, but just different, just access in general at their fingertips. It's like, why am I going to do this for you? You know? And then the new millennial way of thinking, a lot of us ladies are doing our thing, getting our own, putting ourselves in position. Why don't you take me out? You know? So I feel like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting, but I do think it's dope. Like you said, Lavina, that's dope that you're, that hubby did that for you because some men think like, oh, if I can't take her out, she might not even, it's really all about effort. If I see that you put thought into something, mm-hmm. if you set up a picnic, if we go walking and look at the stars or, you know, in, at Piedmont Park or something like just put thought into something. But yeah, like just, you also have those women. I don't know if you ladies saw that interview that went viral where the lady was like, oh, I don't want a man with, that's a nine to five. You also have women with that type of mindset. Yeah. So I see where it could also be like, you did a picnic, you know, it, but it also, it goes back to communicating and seeing the person that you do, you are trying to court and take out and get to know, you know, mm-hmm. it, it all goes back to communication. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So please, please, please guys. It's like uh, Lavina said earlier, we're talking to women and men here. Get to know the girl you're courting, you know, just because the girl looks good, just because the girl's attractive, just because she may have herself together, get to know her personality, get to know her characteristics. Everyone, regardless of gender, race, ethnicity, sexuality, you have to see if you can deal with this person's flaws. And also if this person is willing to acknowledge and also work on themselves as much as you're willing to acknowledge and work on yourself. It has to be a growth thing. My main thing for uh, the dating is like you ladies said, putting in that effort and to to make a lasting first impression. And depending on that girl, it can depend. And I feel like for most women, it's just about giving that girl a certain feeling. And, you know, if you're able to do that, it doesn't really cost. It's not about the money. It's not about location. It's more so about that chemistry. So I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I have had many friends but would be like dating somebody and then they'd be like, oh my gosh, yes, like this person is the one I want to be married and stuff. And then they never had conversation about kids. And then they start talking about kids and then they start having an argument and you're like, wait, but we're so perfect for each other. But it's like, no, you're not. Like the perspectives are different. And -hmm. that's why it's important to have that self-reflection so you know what turns you on, you know what turns you off and you know what you're looking for. Because if you don't, you just... You know how Penny always say, blind leading the blind. (laughs) It really be like that. And then once you're already together for X amount of time, it's like, well, now let's, you know, really try to make it work, even though, you know, we we always hear those stories. Right. Um, Also, just really make sure that you know what you want. And Mm -hmm. even if you're still figuring out, be honest about it. But know, you know, those good feelings, those bad feelings, what turns you on, what turns you off before you start dating. If you really do want a relationship that's healthy, you really do want something that's more longer lasting and long term, then yes, self-reflect, know what you want, know your turn on and your tone offs, and be real with yourself when you see someone exhibiting what you want or if you see someone that's exhibiting things that you don't. That's it. My penny for your thoughts for this episode is... 
Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Being stuck in the house, it's been like, oh my gosh, we can't do anything. It's you. It's difficult to look at the glass half full. Just speaking for myself specifically, the past few days have been a little rough. Agree. That is really good. I think it is, especially right now, seeing things as positively as possible. And I know we keep reiterating, but doing something productive like mm-hmm. you can write in your journal, you can write poetry, you can write a song, you can do, you know, your own personal video journal, vlog. That is something that's productive and it doesn't have to be shared with the world, but it's still stimulating you mentally and physically. Because in the house, it's easy to depression sets in, honey. Let me tell mm-hmm. you, I had to step out my back door a couple times just to get a little bit of vitamin D because <laughs> it is so important. But um, I agree with you, Penny, and that was a great word. And to everybody who's listening, thank you guys so much for plugging in with us. We've had some really great conversations today, and I hope you guys had some really great takeaways. Um, Thank you to our wonderful guest, Tiandra Myers. Spend this time preparing, and I was honestly so motivated by her and you can be like, I didn't even know you owned your own home, but like, that's something that I'm looking towards by 2021 owning my own home. So just being able to get that information, adding to the knowledge and wisdom, like we talked about is so important and moving forward. So once again, ladies, gentlemen, everyone who is listening, um, we're here with you. We're going through it with you. <laughs> we're in quarantine with you. Um, as always, feel free to comment. Make sure you follow us on all of our social platforms, which is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Women Unplugged underscore. And plug into the conversations, honey, and make sure that you are voting for our topics. Because our topics. You guys choose them. So thank you guys so much for listening and. You'll hear from us in another couple weeks. Yes. Bye. Bye, y'all.